Hi, I'm Carl Payton, pastor of Transformation Church RVA. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for checking out this sermon. I also wanted to bring to your attention something that is close to our hearts here. While our team has prayed that this message would stir within you a desire to know more about Jesus and be more like Him, our desire is that it would only be supplemental to your faith journey and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. Good morning, Transformation Church and our online family. I am so glad that you have chosen this morning when you could be doing anything else to join us in worship and the Word and a time to make Jesus the priority. Uh, when we have an entire, uh, so much time at home, entire blocks of time where we can be doing anything else, I'm glad you've chosen Jesus. I'm glad you've chosen to take care of the soul he's given you. Um, I first want to celebrate last week. Easter was incredible here at Transformation Church RVA. God did incredible things in people's hearts. People took next steps. People know him more, and that is something to celebrate. Now, today, we are starting a brand new series called It's Complicated. And so what I'm going to ask of you is that over the next four weeks, as we walk through this series, if you're a part of our church or online family and you're following us each week, great. Keep coming. But maybe this is your first time joining us. I would just love for you to commit to the next four weeks to hang with us as we talk about relationships and how complicated they can be. Now, you and I both know that relationships can be so crazy. Um, relationships with family is what we'll talk about this week. Next week, we'll talk about relationship with friends. The third week, we're going to talk about our relationship with the church. And then week number four, our biggest week, we're going to talk about our relationship with God. Now, all of those relationships have a complicated nature to them. We have complicated family dynamics, complicated friend dynamics. Some of us have been wounded and hurt by the church. Some of us have a complete misunderstanding and misrepresentation of Christ built into our mind. And so it's complicated. But our hope and our prayer is that through this series and through Scripture, what you will find is a way to navigate the complicatedness of our relationships. And so today we start with week number one, relationship with family. And so what I want you to do is turn in, in your copy of God's Word to Colossians 3, and we're going to be in verses 18 through 24. Now don't miss the book. It comes right after Philippians. It's in the New Testament, so kind of flip towards the back. You'll find it after Philippians, but right before 1 Thessalonians. It's just four chapters, but it's packed full of how we can walk out Christ within um, our, our different relationships. And the very first point I have for you today is that how to live like Christ 
is one of the great challenges we face as believers, especially at home. Especially at home. There is no harder place to walk out Christianity to be like Christ than at home. Now, some of you are asking, well, that doesn't make any sense. But some of you would say, yeah, that makes complete sense. And I'll tell you why. The root cause of shame and weakness and violence is because we are operating in our flesh. We're operating by uh, all the urges that arise within us. And when we're at home, you've heard it said, we let our hair down. We kind of throw our filters to the side. And so our relationships with mom and dad or our relationships with husband and wife or brother and sister or cousin or grandma or whatever your dynamic is, um, it can be complicated because we see parts of each other that no one else sees. It's not the church version of you. It's not the around other Christians version of you or maybe even around your friends. But when you get home, people get to see the very best of you, but they also get to see the very worst. And that can make things complicated. Uh, But one thing as believers we can remember is that Paul, just, just before in Galatians, he tells us that we walk in the Spirit and we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you know what that means? That means the cure for living according to what rises up in us when we want to lash out at our wife or be passive aggressive to our husband or disregard or disrespect our parents. The solution is walking in the Spirit. That's what Paul tells us in Galatians. And so the glory of the gospel is that we have been given a new life and we can, in Paul's words, put off the old man and put on the new. So this, we call this process sanctification. And that's just a big fancy word for I am starting here with Christ and he is one degree to the next transforming me through his Holy Spirit into his likeness. And so our whole life as Christians is putting off the old and putting on the new. It's this two-step process, and it happens for the extent of your relationship with Christ. It never stops, and it won't stop until Jesus returns. And so we find ourselves in Colossians 3, and uh, this is kind of, the rubber meets the road section of the chapter. Uh, Paul kind of covers what Christ did for us and then what it looks like to live the Christian life, what it should look like. And then this passage of Scripture takes it to the house, puts the rubber to the road. you know why? Why does he address, of all things, why does he address how we live as Christ in the home? Because it's the most complicated. It's the hardest place. And so if you're finding yourself today in a place where it's just complicated, I feel you. I feel you completely. And God is still working on me as just as he has you. And and I truly believe that this passage today is going to help us make things less complicated and be able to live at home in peace sometimes 
There's still going to be rough roads, but we can walk in the Spirit, and God kind of helps bring kind of some order to the mess. Um, So read with me. Colossians chapter 3, we'll start right here in verse 18. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. I'm going to pause and just say, don't turn off the station. Don't don't pan away from YouTube. Don't turn away from this message today. Um, God has something in this for you. This particular verse kind of unsettles many of you, just as I read it. But it's scripture, and it's something we need to dive into if we're going to be believers. Verse 19, husbands, love your wives and don't be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they won't become discouraged. Slaves, obey your human masters in everything. Don't only work while being watched as people pleasers, but work wholeheartedly, fearing the Lord. This is the big verse here. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. I love this. You serve the Lord Christ. This scripture steps into a space that is sensitive for everyone. And the very first place he steps into is the husband-wife relationship. So he addresses wives first. Now, he is solely addressing wives. Um, Husbands, he's not addressing you to be the Holy Spirit for your wife. He is speaking directly to wives. So this is for current wives, wives wives-to-be. Uh, wives down the road, if you ever want to get married, this is what the scripture would speak to you. Um, Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Now, just this word submit makes you feel uncomfortable. And I'll tell you why. Um, Over the years, it has been distorted and twisted um, for many reasons. One, The word submission has been used poorly by Christian men in the past to lord over their wives. And many wrong things have been done in the name of submission. And so what birthed out of that is kind of the feminist movement and, and a lot of women looking at this word submit and saying this is a bad word. But all throughout Scripture, a different picture is painted. The distortion that man put on the word submission is not how Scripture speaks of submission. Um, Because submission does not mean inequality. Submission does not mean inequality. Um, Although it is addressed here to wives... Throughout Scripture, we see it addressed to both men and women, to people, to brothers and sisters in the faith, in fact. So it is 
addressed across the board, men and women. So it's not a sexist word. In fact, uh, in Ephesians, Paul says, everyone must submit one to another. Uh, and, and honestly, the most outstanding manifestation of true submission and what this submission that Paul's talking about, what it should look like is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. So Jesus has the Last Supper. He, um, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray with his disciples right before he's about to be crucified. And in the garden, he prays, a, a part of his prayer was, Lord, if there's any way that this cup could pass from me, uh, or in other words, if there's any other way that this can happen without me going to the cross, let's do that. But then he says a very key phrase. He says, but not my will, but your will be done. Now, <laughs> that is the truest form of submission. No one would ever conceive of the idea that Jesus found it reproach to submit to the Father. No one would look at Jesus and say, oh, look how he's being demeaned or, uh, or anything negative around it. No, 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 no. They would look at this and say, this is something he delighted in doing. It was a completely voluntary action. Um, that is the thought that Paul has in mind here uh, when he says that wives submitting to their husbands is fitting because it is right, it is proper. Um, now, it's not okay for wives to follow down the wrong path of their husband. Um, that's not the type of submission we're talking about here. Um, but in all the ways they can rightly submit without you know, going around scripture and doing something wrong. In all the right ways, it is right and it's, it's fitting for the wife to submit to her husband in the Lord. Not passive aggressively or with eye rolls or begrudgingly, but with a heart that loves and cares for him. Uh, I remember a story of an old man that... Uh, uh, heard his pastor preaching on this scripture, and the old man walked up to the preacher after service, and he says, uh, hey, preacher, you know what? I was doing my devotional time, and I just flipped the, the Bible open. I landed right at this verse, and so I decided I was going to you know, go tell my wife she needed to do some better submitting around the house to me, and the pastor kind of frowned upon this discussion and said, I think you've missed my old sermon, and so I want to be very clear today. Submission does not equal inequality. Submission does not equal inequality. It cannot be demanded. And in fact, it is useless unless it is voluntary. And look, whether you're a man, a woman, a child, when we talk submission here today, our ultimate goal is to look at Christ and how he submitted to the will of the Father. That is what is called here for Paul. And so then he goes on to speak to husbands in 319. He says, Husbands, love your wives and don't be bitter toward them. So, current husbands, husbands to be, hear this. You have a mandate. We have the scripture telling us what to put on and what to put off, right here. It tells us that we are to put on love. Husbands are to work 
at this. Now, listen, you know, if you're sitting next to your spouse, marriage is work. Now, don't, don't look at your spouse and say something smart because that's going to ruin the rest of your day. Don't do that. But what I'm telling you is husbands need to work at this. And the key to the husband's role in marriage, in Paul's words, is this. It's simple. Three words. Love your wife. Love your wife. He must give himself to that. The particular Greek word for love here is agape, love. That's God's word for love. And I wrote down here, um, husbands, you should be honoring, valuing, respecting, guarding, protecting, and showing delight in your wife. And I have to be completely honest. I don't always excel in all of these areas. So if there's a husband watching today or a husband-to-be, listen, this is the marker set. But your goal is to love your wife. Um, You have to plan for it. You have to work at it, not just on Valentine's and wedding anniversaries, but all throughout the year. So that's what we put on. We put on love. So what do you put off? The Bible says here to put off bitterness, to put off, in other versions, harshness. Man, I've been so guilty of this, that I have, um, out of a fleshly, out of these fleshly just putting my filter down and when I'm at home and, and just I've been harsh with my wife or been bitter with her. And, and it was wrong and it was sinful. And that is what I need to put off. And what you are to put on is love. And we even see what type of love. If you flip to Ephesians 5.25, it says the same thing. In, in Ephesians 5, it says, wives, submit to your husbands. And, but then it also says, that uh, husbands, you should love your wife as Christ loves the church, even giving himself up for her. I think many of us need to do that. I think husbands are so guilty of being so selfish so many times, and the Bible calls us to more than that, to give up of your own wills and desires, to give up. Um, what, to even, as Christ did, give up your life. So husbands, husbands-to-be, understand that sacrifice and submission to Christ is just as much a part of your plate as it is your wife's. And he then goes on to talk to children. So if there's kids in the room, and honestly, there's no age part here. So children are children, whether you're, you've turned 18 or not. Um, it says in verse 20, uh, children, obey your parents in everything for this uh, pleases the Lord. The word obey here means to hear under someone. And basically what he's getting at here is that it pleases the Lord when children obey your parents. Um, and it's a, almost a theme of authority within this scripture here. And so what you're teaching your kids by teaching them to obey is that they have to submit to authority. And they're going to have to learn that even when they're outside the home. So it's so important that kids learn to obey. Um, disobedient kids can be some of the center of, of so much strife in the home, so much stress, so much complicatedness. Listen to me, kids, no matter how old you are, it is so important that we obey, respect our parents. 
This is what it looks like within a Christian home. This is what it means to be a Christian to your parents, to obey them. Uh, Proverbs actually says, young man, young woman, obey your father and mother. Tie their instructions around your finger so you won't forget. Uh, Take to heart all their advice every day, all night long. Their counsel will lead you and save you from harm. When you wake up in the morning, let their instructions guide you into the day. For their advice is a beam of light directed into the dark corners of your mind to warn you of danger and to give you a good life. You have got to obey your parents. He actually takes a step back here and he goes to fathers and he says in verse 21, Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they won't become discouraged. Man, this is so important for dads. Um, and many of your versions say provoke, and this word means to stir up, arouse, and irritate. And it doesn't mean the same type of irritation or arouse, uh, the upsetness they get when you're disciplining. That's not what it's addressing. In fact, the word is given in the present continuous sense, which means uh, it's really saying fathers do not keep on irritating your children. Don't keep hammering away at it, nagging them, or they will become discouraged. I've been there. You've been there. Fathers, look, we fail at this often, okay? So just lean into uh, your brokenness for a second and allow Christ to heal it. Uh, there are three provoking actions, I think, fathers do most often. The first is ignore them. Uh, a father who has no time for his child soon creates in him a deep-seated resentment. The child may not know how to articulate or explain the problem, but he feels unimportant and worthless. It's important you take time with your kids. A second source of irritation is actually indulging your kids, giving them everything they want. Um, it's such a draw to do that. Uh, I can say I've got two girls. I constantly just want to give them everything they want. Uh, but that will soon make them restless and dissatisfied. Children long for guidance and direction and intimacy, not for superficial indulgence. And the, the last thing, I, I fathers kind of do this maybe in jest, but insulting them. You would be shocked at what they take to heart, calling them names, putting them down. We may think we're disciplining, or maybe you think you're um, you know, trying to build their skin and make it tough, but really what you're doing is you're going to discourage them and put them off from the things of God. And I do not want to be guilty of that. There's a little blip in here, actually to employees. Uh, back, uh, and this is in verse 22, back in this time when Paul is writing, to the Colossian church, um, half the Roman Empire were what they called slaves. Um, they were working off debts in the home. It's not the same slavery that we looked at in American history, which the Bible does not support and does not condone. Um, it was different. Uh, half of the Roman Empire was in debt or enslaved to the other half. And so every home, which is what we're talking about, relationships at home, um, had slaves in them. And so 
just very quickly here in 23, whatever, um, or 22, slaves, obey your human masters in everything. Don't work only while being watched as people pleasers, but work wholeheartedly fearing the Lord. Check this out. We don't, the Bible does not support slavery, but here's what this kind of speaks to. This kind of speaks to you as an employee. And so I know this is kind of outside the home, but I just want to say very shortly, if you're that employee that just works when the boss is watching, or you're just working kind of half-hearted with resentment in the background, you just kind of put face to it, uh, the Bible would speak very harshly against it. The Bible, as a Christian, you should be working in a very specific way. Um, When you commit yourself to work for somebody, you are, in a sense, um, kind of selling yourself for those hours. So you provide hours, they provide you money. And, and, And the point here being that you should be the type of employee that people look at and you are the same all the way around. And here's the key. Here's the key to the whole passage. You ready? And and knowing all of this, that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord, here's the the big point, the big conclusion to the complicated nature of homes. Some of us come from broken, divorced homes. Some of us come from adopted homes. Some of us were raised by our grandparents. Some of us grew up in the foster care system. We have grown up in all types of homes or are currently in homes that aren't ideal or aren't working out or a marriage that there's tons of friction in or a mom and and son-daughter or a dad-son-daughter relationship that is always at odds. Listen to me. Here's how we make it easier. Here's how we make it so we can live Christ out in our homes. It's right here in verse 23 at the end. uh, Or at the end of verse 24, it says, um, you... Serve the Lord Christ. If we back up to 23, it actually tells us whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. Husbands, having a hard time loving your wife the way the Bible calls you to love your wife? Love her as if it's for the Lord. Because, in essence, what we're saying here is, if you're failing in loving your wife, you are failing the Lord in the standard set. Understand, it's, you're not just failing your wife. You are failing as a Christian. And I know this is kind of, there's so many people watching this, and this is real kind of in your face. But I'm telling you, husbands, you want, if you want to love your wife the way she ought to be loved... Love her as if to the Lord. Wives, if you're having a problem with with getting along with your husband, submit to him as if to the Lord. Submit, serve him as if you're serving the Lord. Kids, having a problem obeying your parents? Try obeying them as if you're doing it for the Lord. Are you a terrible employee? That reflects on Christ. Because you declare you're a Christian anyway. So if you're having a hard time there, when you go to work, don't work as if you're working for that person. It says it right here. Work as if you're working for the Lord. My heart's desire for you today in the complicated natures of our homes is that the Bible says 
our lives should be like a full vine and our kids like olive roots rooted around the table. This is the flourishing that Paul is depicting for us. This is what Christ wants for you to live like him in your home. And it's something we all have work to do on. It's a constant process of putting on and putting off. So that is my question to you today. What is God calling you, wife, husband? Hey, husbands, listen, you would be surprised how well your wife will be get down with all this submission talk if you love her right. Wives, you'd be surprised how much your husband will love you more when you're all honoring God in it. Children, you want your parents to just be exuberant about your, um, your life and what's going on and just try obeying them even if you don't understand it. This is what it's calling us to. To live our lives in our homes. And if we're having a hard doing it for that person, do it for him. I want to pray with you. Father, today, thank you for those who have heard your word and its call, its weight on us to change and to work towards. Today, Father, would you, uh, if there are those listening who don't know you, Lord, let them say this prayer with me as they feel you drawing them in. Father, forgive me of my sins. And I believe that you died and rose for me and that you Uh, forgive me of my sins and I confess you as Lord of my life. And God, for those who are working out these complicated relationships at home, would your Holy Spirit step in and heal the wounds and have us serve and love those closest to us because they see the best and worst. Have us serve them as if we're serving you. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.